Today's episode of The Dad Chronicle is brought to you by Peak Tea. Peak has an incredible selection of teas that support a healthy immune system, healthy digestion, calm energy, and healthy weight management. The matcha is incredible. It's a great coffee alternative with sustained energy to get you through those hectic days. And also, it's crafted by a Japanese tea master. There are only 15 of them in the world. Get your tea at peaktea.com. That's spelled P-I-Q-U-E-T-E-A.com. And use code ALEXA5 at checkout to get 5% off your order. Again, that's spelled P-I-Q-U-E-T-E-A.com. And use code ALEXA5 at checkout. Welcome back to The Dad Chronicle, where we share stories from dads all around the world. I'm your host, Alex Albisu. This is episode 135. On today's episode, I talk to fellow dad and streamer, Sean White. No, 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 not not that Sean White. This is a different Sean White. He's a patron of the show and has been part of my live streams before. You know him as Cyrenex. Sean brings a great perspective and a great conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. We start out talking about how each child is different and how the challenges of raising kids needs to be handled uniquely. I just chalk it up to the fact that they have very, very different personalities. And I'm thankful for both of them, but they each have their own little challenges. We talk about ways to approach authoritative conversations and tones with your children. That goes a long way with trying to address children, trying to make them feel safe, I think is a big deal. And that's something that my dad struggled with because of his because of his job he had to be aggressive because he was dealing with the scum of the earth and finally we talk about the importance of accepting help from others as well as giving help you know we have this this like ingrained notion especially in american culture to be these powerful pillars of strength and these like unfailing pillars of strength in our families or just in life in general and that is both unrealistic and highly destructive. Here's my conversation with Sean White. Sean White, welcome to the Dad Chronicle. How are you today? Doing very well. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course, man. Happy to have you on. Uh, Sean is a patron. Uh, and so, first of all, thanks for your support and always happy to have a fellow dad on this show. Why don't we take a quick Indeed. moment and, uh, and introduce you to the world at home? Well, sure. Um, as you said, my I'm Sean White, you know, 30-something guy, Married uh, and have three lovely little daughters that uh, are six, four, and about one and a half. So lots of uh, lots of energy in the three of those little kids. I could imagine uh, <laughs> it's hard enough having one daughter. So having yeah. uh, wow three. So um, yeah. how uh, what's that like? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a lot of being very tired most of the time. Uh, I mean, they're they're. They're amazing. They really are. Uh, our oldest is actually amazingly helpful. The middle is, you know, still kind of learning about stuff around us uh, and all that jazz. But uh, they, it's really interesting to see their their three very distinct personalities develop. My oldest is terrified of just about any bug. Huh. And meanwhile, our middle is like picking up ants off the ground and showing them to us. So it's it's just very interesting to see how these two completely different personalities are developing from kids that are, you know, mine. Well, it's funny that you bring that up. I mean, because so many times people talk about like one size 
doesn't fit all when it comes to parenting, oh, yeah. and especially in oh, this yeah. case, you got three girls, yeah. and you could yeah. you could say, oh yeah, they're all gonna wear their little prissy silly dress, but nope, they're they're nope. all their own young lady, and yeah. uh, it's amazing to see that. So like, how do you yeah. how have you made that shift uh, between all their personalities? How are you juggling that? Uh, lots of trial and error. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. I mean, like like one example that I know that they were very distinctly different was when we were potty training both of them. Uh, our oldest was terrified of just sitting on the, the little potty. And there was one point where both my wife and I had to sit, like have her standing there and literally almost like drill sergeant stay there for literally about three hours before she would actually just sit on the potty. And then after that, no problem whatsoever. Our middle kid, it was like a week of like offhandedly saying, hey, you should probably sit on it. And it's like, and then she just did and hasn't been a, a problem since. So, <laughs> do you think that's a testimony to perhaps, is that a testament to her personality or is that a testament to you being a little less like stringent? Because uh, I know that I, I do that with Aria. I was like super stringent on things. And now with Jake, I'm like, eh, whatever, good dude. You know, it's yeah. like the second child syndrome. Does any of that yeah. come into play? Uh, maybe a little bit. Um, I do think it also is the fact that, uh, our middle kid has, has grown up seeing the, the older kid act and, uh, you know, how we react and everything. And I, I think that might be a little bit of it and just, she's gleaning a little bit from her older sister as well. Oh, mm. uh, but I, I just chalk it up to the fact that they have very, very different personalities and I'm thankful for both of them but they each have their own little challenges, but yeah. you know, they're kids. You know, yeah. that's, that's parenting. Yeah. And that's part of the fun of it. And thinking yeah. back almost six years ago, uh, which it feels like a long time, but you know, so much time has passed, but really it's not a lot of time here we are. No. It's a weird twilight situation. What yeah. uh, was it like finding out you're going to be a dad the very first time? The phrase that I've used multiple times for each of our kids was uh, exciting and terrifying. It's, you know, exciting. You know, I'm both my wife and I knew like even before we got married that we wanted to have kids. So that was not an unexpected thing. It was just a question of when. So when we were trying, you know, it was not unexpected. And uh, yeah, it was actually surprisingly smooth because it wasn't a surprise. You know, it, you know, it just went very smoothly. It's not really a whole exciting story, but yeah, that's, that was about it when yeah. we found when we found out that's exciting no i mean it's you're right though it's scary it's exciting so many emotions kind of culminate into one but i mean holding your oldest daughter for the first time what was what was that oh. moment like for you uh just all the all the emotions uh just like i said being excited uh that you know we've we've succeeded at you know this one part of our one very great aspect of our, our marriage and our lives. And just also looking at this, this small kid and thinking, I am responsible for you. And that is a very difficult thing for me a lot of times, because even like my personality going through high school is I prefer doing things on my own because I was afraid I'm a perfectionist. So I'm always terrified of messing things up. And, you know, that's still even now, with her being six and having two daughters younger than her, that's still something that I struggle with is that, that sense of perfectionism. But yeah, just that was probably one of the biggest things is like, I have to try to 
try to do better in my life for her sake. And it's, it's a very, very different experience being a parent than instead of just being an adult, a whole different level of responsibility. And this sense of perfectionism uh, is interesting. I like to dive into it a little bit more. I mean, thinking about like all the ways that you want to control things as a perfectionist, because I, I kind of get that personally. Yeah. Um, when you are teaching your child something, how do you keep that under control and keep the patience when you're approaching, like, let's just take, take like uh, a learning situation. Like, like, I mean, you could say going potty, but let's, you've already talked about that. Like simply yeah. putting on their own shoes, something like that. Cause I suck at this <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the, one of the biggest things is consistency. We as adults have this mentality that, you know, we have to try to learn something the first time, you know, especially, like I said, me being a perfectionist and, you know, I, I want to try to learn things and get, do it the first time. I want to do it right the first time. And kids don't work that way. I'll, you know, you have the, the, the whole saying, you know, I've told you a million times, you know, and sometimes it takes that long. It really does. Not because they're, because they're being a bad child, but because that's just how long it takes for them to wire their brain to learn these things. So just having that patience and trying to be understanding of these kids are still learning these things. And I honestly am still really bad at that. I mean, it's, I it is, it, yeah, it's not easy. Uh, but just trying to our best to be consistent. Man, that is so hard. Like, I feel really bad oh, yeah. because I feel like I'm especially hard on Aria um, sometimes when it comes to some of these things. And I, I try to be patient because I remember what it was like having my own parents being, you know, my parents yeah. are, are great. Like, don't get me wrong. But, yeah. but, you know, they used to get frustrated with me if I wasn't getting something done in X amount of time. And yeah. Aria has a lot of the same tendencies that I do yeah. to just kind of, you know, be a little lackadaisical about some things uh, when it comes to time management. And when uh, I see that, I think there's almost like a subconscious, like, hey, don't don't be the worst part of me that comes out. Yeah. You know, do, do you ever get that sense with your kids or is that just a me thing? Yeah, sometimes just seeing the the characteristics that you don't necessarily want to see in them, just trying to be aware of that and, you know, the thing is, even if they have some of those characteristics, they might not necessarily hold on to them. Uh, so, but just being, like I said, just being consistent, just mm -hmm. trying to to show them as best you can the kind of life that you want them to have. And like I said, it's 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 not easy oh, because yeah. it's it, it's very much you have to try to focus on yourself and what kind of characteristics you have. But like a couple random things that I try to do is, I'll. Uh, I try to instruct in the positive when I refer to it uh, because it's basically try to tell your child to do something rather than not to do something. Mm -hmm. Because if you're like, if you're trying to, your kid is, you know, holding a, a glass of milk and you want them to make sure that they get to it safely to the table. If you try to tell them, don't drop this. Well, the first thing you need to think about is dropping it so that you can think about not doing not <laughs> yeah doing yeah funny point yeah yeah but if you tell them be careful with this go slowly you know you're telling them to do something rather than not do something well then they don't have that that first step they just thinking about holding on to it very carefully so i try to do that 
So that I think that's a better way of instructing, Very especially children. Yeah. Speak to the um, positive up front rather than yeah. the ne implying the negative up front. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, also when when you instruct a child, try to avoid the because I told you reasoning. Uh, oh, try it's so much easier to say that. I know. I know it is. But it, you know, in my experience, at least, it's been it's a lot better to have a reason. You know, yeah. oh, agreed. so because it shows them that you're not just being an authority, that you're you're trying to do something to better the situation. I just, I just kind of like saying it because my parents said it to me and I just want to do it. <laughs> oh, I think I, I think my parents did that with me as well a lot of times. But mm -hmm. I'll, I mean, my my parents were good at raising me, but they definitely were much more authoritarian yeah. than the and part of that was because of my dad, my dad. Uh, was actually he's a he was a police officer and former marine yeah. so just in his life he demanded respect and would expect that of my sister and i and i didn't always do that yeah. and uh so i mean he i know i knew that they loved us my sister and i and uh but yeah he definitely had some rough edges at times how would you handle like, like if he if he's handling things a little bit more authoritatively, and now you're working on things with, with your kids, that tone that you're that you're using, uh, it, I'm sure is a lot more supportive. So, and, and you gave us yeah. a couple of of instances, but but talk to us a little bit more about like what it is that you're, how it is that you're trying to approach those conversations versus maybe how you were raised. The first thing is definitely tone of voice. Um, yeah. If you, I mean, you can, like, I have this certain tone uh, that my wife interprets as aggression when it's really just me literally trying to speak louder so she can hear me and trying to be more, uh, enunciate more so she can hear me. And uh, there's oftentimes, just because of how that tone comes out of my mouth, that she interprets it as me being defensive, me being oppressive or whatnot, and it's just not the case. So being conscious of your tone is a big deal. So being very gentle with your tone, being very slow, you know, not trying to be aggressive with them, even just like physically lowering yourself to their eye level, trying to make it so that you're not trying to look like a, an oppressive authority. You know, things like that. That goes a long way with trying to address children, trying to make them feel safe, I think is a big deal. Oh, and that's something that my dad struggled with because of his because of his job. He had to be aggressive because he was dealing with the scum of the earth. So mm -hmm. but that I think that's the the foremost thing is just how you're addressing them. From there, it's, you know, what you're saying to them. You know, and again, explaining why you're telling them to do these things. Like, I don't want you to jump on your bed because instead of it just ending there, be because I don't want you to fall. I don't want you to hurt yourself. And then reiterating the reason why you're doing that is because you love them, because you want them to be safe. I think in a lot of conversations between parents and children, those last couple parts are left out. So the kids are just left with, okay, he doesn't want me to do this because he doesn't want me to do this. Mm-hmm. And that's that doesn't necessarily resonate well, but it's like, oh, he doesn't want me to do this because he wants me to be safe. He doesn't want me to be hurt. 
you know, that yeah. I think is also a good thing to goes a long way. That safety thing, by the way, is so critical. And that's something that like I've had Wendy Dunford, who's a therapist on, you know, a few times. And one of the things that yep. she keeps bringing up is, is this sense that kids need a sense of safety as like one of their primary pillars. And I think that the way that we, that we talk to them in a way that is, that conveys that safety. And I think, I think, you know, to your point, it's important to assert yourself in a respectful way, but doing so in a safe way so that they know uh, that it is not okay. Maybe the way they're acting, but that you also care to help them work through that as their parent, as their coach, yeah. you know, in, the, in that case. And, and I want to, yeah. um, I want to shift back a quick moment to, you know, when you're a, a first time parent and you're dealing with all the stresses of being a new parent and you're navigating now how to uh, approach these situations, sometimes stressful situations with your child. Um, talk to me about how you handled the stress of a new parent as, as a new dad and what uh, you and your wife did to support each other at that point. Uh, <laughs> well, it was a lot of just, a lot of learning uh, a lot of it was just trial and error but also a lot of a lot of listening uh, you know my my parents are still around and do help us out every so often when they can and just asking them questions asking other people in general just questions uh like getting advice from people i trust and uh you know that that's been a big help Oh, uh, and also just being somewhat less emotional and more analytical about my own life, my how I was raised. Uh, being able to see what what things worked, what things didn't, how my parents reacted and acted towards me and my sister. But yeah, it's just the 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 thing is when we had our first kid, that was the easy part. Having one kid is a lot different than having three. Very different. So, so just looking at it, looking at it back then, you know, it was actually pretty easy for us to to focus in on her, and because you know we outnumbered her, so it was you know a lot less stressful in that respect. Nowadays, is there's a lot more stress mm -hmm. because they outnumber us. They having three kids, especially young kids that are, you know. Each one is about two and a half years younger than the 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 previous one. It's just trying to just have the energy to to be to be taken care of all of them uh, is that's the mo probably one of the most stressful parts. One thing that is always really hard for a lot of dads as they as they start this journey, and I blame this on us just being men. You know, this is yeah. this is just part of of what we do, but. Uh, it, we tend to avoid asking for help. And yeah. this is something that I know I've struggled a bit with and I've gotten a lot better with. Um, Deanna struggles with this as, as well. So I wouldn't say that this is exclusively a, a man issue, but yeah. uh, how did you go about asking for help? Was that an issue for you? And if so, how did you overcome that? Well, like you said, um, the whole mentality of, especially for men, I mean, like you said, it also applies to, to women as well, but coming from the male perspective, you know, we have this, this like 
ingrained notion, especially in American culture, to be these like these powerful pillars of strength and these like unfailing pillars of strength in our families or just in life in general. And that is both unrealistic and highly destructive because we are human. We, we have our own flaws. We cannot be that kind of strength. We have to rely on people. And the thing is, that is how we are designed. That is, we are meant to be in community. We are not supposed to be an island. We are not supposed to do this on our own. Oh, I'm a non-denominational Christian. So believe in, in Jesus and God and everything. And even in, from the perspective of God, he, you know, paradoxically is simultaneously one, one entity, but three parts. You know, he's the, the Holy Trinity. So even God himself lives in community. He does not live alone. He does not do this. You know, he does not do his, his godhood by himself, so to speak. Mm. And that's how he designed us as well. You know, we are supposed to live in community. And that is completely antithetical to how m many of us have, have been raised. You know, again, my dad had to exhibit strength most of the, most of his life because he had to, you know, he was, he was a police officer. So he tried, you know, he kind of imparted part of that to me. But the problem is I, I just, I, I don't have that kind of strength. And I know mm -hmm. I don't. It's not a factor of being lazy or anything like that. It's just people have certain reservoirs of strength that they can pull from. And I just, I don't have that. I think of it I almost like a tolerance level for the, for like, yeah. I don't know, that maybe not the loneliness of it all, but the, the solid, the feeling of solidarity and, and just pressure that, that gets put on you. And that's yeah. tough. That's tough for a lot of people. It's tough for me too. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. In that, in that respect, it is vitally important to have help, to yeah. have not, and I'm even speaking outside of your spouse, or your significant other, you know, that's one of the reasons why it's so beneficial to have extended family. Oh, I firmly believe that one of the best things that you can do to be a better parent is to be able to have time away from your kids. Oh my God. Amen. As, <laughs> as, as, oh, counterintuitive as that may be, because again, we're with, we're ingrained that you always have to pour everything you have into your kids. Being, having some time away from your kids can be some of the most beneficial things you can do for the sake of your kids. So like, for example, even, you know, this weekend, my sister is going to be taking our two oldest kids with her for overnight, which, so we're just going to be left with our, our youngest. And that reduces our total stress for this, for the next like two days by an immense amount. By at least 66%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and it's like, yeah, it's just having a little bit of time to rest. Uh, even if, you know, one of, I keep on saying, and it's absolutely true, anyone who wants to give me a gift, probably potentially the best gift you could possibly give me is just the ability to sleep for an entire day. Oh, amen, dude. That sounds <laughs> so good. Nothing else. Just sleep. You know, because that even that's like in my own uh, observations about my own behavior, that's one thing I've observed. 
is when I am tired, which granted is most of the time I you know, work full time, have you know, three very energetic kids and yeah. all that jazz. I tend to be much less patient and involved with my kids when I'm tired. I, I get home and I just want to sit on it. I want to get some sleep and take a short nap and yeah. just be away from people. Cause I'm, I'm an introvert. I gain strength from being alone, but I notice that when I'm rested the few times that it happens, that I am much more animated, much more patient, much more involved with my kids. I'm much more willing to do things with them. And that's much more beneficial for all of us. And uh, I think yeah. that, again, that is so counterintuitive to what we're taught. But I think that is incredibly important as parents. Yeah. And what you just said is so important, too, because so many men are ingrained with that idea of like, yeah, I got to do it all on my own. I have to be yeah. uh, the rock. And, and in a lot of and in a lot of cases, not literally like the 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 rock Man, if i could if i could be the rock that'd, that'd be cool just, that would fix a lot of things that'd be yeah but. <laughs> yeah fix a lot of things but you know like you you have to be the the pillar of the family and everything no you you are human as well and it's okay for you to be a little vulnerable and to seek yeah. support and you, you talked about something really important which is self-awareness right know yeah. your limitations know what you need and know how to ask for them so like find the time to just sit in solidarity, like, like sit yeah. alone, take a nap or, you know, sit on a podcast <laughs> with Alex, <laughs> you know, like these are yeah. like, you know, it's, <laughs> you sit around with your friends and, and you talk about stuff. Like those are some good ways to, to unwind time away from your kids. Right. So I think that that's, yeah, that's a really important way to do it. But you know, this next question comes up, which is an important piece of a piece of it all. How, do dads reach out for help if they're a little too proud? Like, what is a good stepping stone for them to actually reach out for help? Suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, there there really isn't any, like, I don't think there's any easy way to do it just other than the realization that I'm tired all the time. I don't like being tired all the time. I should probably ask someone for help. Right. Uh, I mean, at that that's basically been the extent of it for me. And actually I've been, I've been very fortunate that people have been, have been willing to offer me help. I mean, that's yeah. another, that's another uh, facet of this as well is when you're offered help, you know, a lot of times we have this tendency to push it off and say, no, I can do this on my own. Just being accepting of the help that people are offering uh, is incredibly, incredibly useful. That's right. A, that's a great trait uh, because it's not it's not showing weakness. I mean, that's that's the important thing to hammer home is by accepting someone else's health. You are not doing it because you're weak. You're doing it because you're human. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you have to you have to put the pride aside. Put yeah. It aside and ask for the help. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, there have been situations in my life before and after I've been married that. You know, I've had to ask people for help. You know, my my uncle is also a Christian and uh, is a little better better off than I am. And, uh, you know, there have been several times I've had to ask him for, you know, for a loan. And, you know, I intend it to be a loan. And he's just like, you know what, just just keep it. He he uses it as a gift. And uh, I think in a lot of cases, 
if someone's offered a gift that they have, it's difficult to accept it. But by denying it, you're denying the joy that the person giving can can get from that as well. So that's that's another part of it is it's not just about, you know, people who give gifts, who are willing to give gifts like that, get joy from it. So yes. by denying it, you're denying them that joy as well. So true. Uh, it's also important to, you know, like I said, I'm I'm Christian and getting help, you know, praying constantly, praying, prayer is a huge thing. And also uh, my wife and I try to tithe as much as we can. You know, we're not affluent. We We have financial struggles. So it seems counterintuitive to give away 10% of what I make, but I guarantee that that is one of the reasons why we are able to uh, stay in the black mm-hmm. is because, you know, that's one of the few things that God says in the Bible, test me on this. <laughs> I find it so, it's so important. And this is one of the things I think about a lot. It's like, if I had copious amounts of, of money and like, I see a lot of like, you know, all this talk about these billionaires going up into space. Yeah. It's like when you could take that money and freaking f- feed a country, uh, and, yeah. and look, I'm a, I'm also understanding that, Hey, it's their money. They could do what they want. Um, but yeah. you know, I, I look at situations like that and I, I think, what would I do in that situation? And I yeah. think that it would be something similar to what you're talking about where it's, you know, what, what do I oh. do to donate or give back and, and some yeah. of that. And I think that's a good example to, to give back to your kids too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's that's pretty much along the lines of what I really would want to do. Like, I I don't like money. I really don't. I'm not highly motivated by it, which is not necessarily the best quality <laughs> to have. But uh, but I I really don't care for money. I just acknowledge that I need it in this world. Yeah. Oh, uh, so I don't really want a huge amount of wealth. And even if I did, I probably would try to give most of it away. There are you know, a lot of people in this world who need something. Yeah. I mean, even if you just donate it to a beneficial organization, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, cancer research or, you know, a local homeless shelter or something like that, you know, that that does good in the world. Sure I think does. that's more important than I, I mean, no matter to me, money is meant to be spent. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's just a question of on what and when. Yeah, true. So that's true. That's very true. But yeah, I'll. One more, I do have a, a kind of a, a funny story in this, yeah. this vein as well that is also an example of why when you pray, you should probably try to be specific in your prayers. Okay. <laughs> so when my wife and I were, we were trying to get money for our wedding. I mean, we didn't have a, a huge wedding and a lot of the things were taken care of uh, by family and such because I don't think anyone in my family expected me to get married. So when I... <laughs> When I got engaged, they were just like, awesome, let's throw a bunch of stuff at this. <laughs> uh, they were, everyone was really excited. Uh, so, But there was still a lot of expenses that my wife and I had to try to, to uh, uh, pay for on our own. And we're both praying frequently and it's like, okay, how are we going to please you know, supply the money? You know, please fund, help us to provide for us for, the, for, this, for our wedding. And, uh, you know, we were both kind of distraught about it. And uh, then one day when we were going to our Bible study, the same one where actually we met, I was trying to let a car 
come in off the, uh, we were on the freeway and I was trying to let a car go ahead of me on the, the on-ramp. And, uh, for whatever reason, he stopped at the end of the on-ramp because people don't know how to drive. <laughs> anyway, it's a whole different problem. Yeah. So I, he stops out there and I'm basically stopped in the right lane and I start to accelerate and we were rear-ended by a semi. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thankfully, by the grace of God, my myself and my wife only had a little bit of sore neck, and that was it. Uh, because I'm pretty sure because we were accelerating when it hit us, it vastly lessened the, uh, yeah, the damage. Right. And uh, and the other thing was be- the semi hit high on my car. I had a uh, I think it was a 2003 Saturn Ion, which was still my favorite car ever. But <laughs> I'm sad. I remember but... that car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it, it basically destroyed the trunk, but didn't actually do any structural damage. I mean, even the, the bumper was still intact. So the car was totaled, though. It was, it was, there was no way they were going to repair Right. But they basically, they basically said, okay, we can either cut you a, a sizable check and keep the car, or we can cut you a slightly smaller check and you keep, and you keep the car. So it's like, okay, we'll take the, the check and the car. And uh, it was because of that check that we were able to pay for her wedding. Wow. Well, <laughs> y- you know, you should have been specific. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how that everybody going right back to it. That is how you ask for help. <laughs> yes, be specific, <laughs> or be willing to roll with the punches because crazy stuff like that might happen. Yeah, man. But oh, uh, but yeah. Thankfully, you know, like I was able to. We were able to slap some a. Uh, about two rolls of duct tape on the back of the car and able to drive it for another two years after that. There you go, brother. And, uh, and, uh, like I said, my wife and I were fine, you know, other than having a sore neck the next day, but yeah, yeah wow. and that's, that's how we paid that's for great. our wedding. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I'm first of all, glad, glad that you're okay. Second yes. of all, <laughs> you know, you ask for help and it comes in funny, mysterious ways. Yes. Um, so I think that that's, that's really kind of the lesson of the story, folks. I mean, what we've heard today from Sean is this sense of, you know, not being too proud to to ask yeah. for help, to lean on the people that, that you know you love and can count on, and also giving yeah. back in, in a lot of those cases too, right? Like, give, as, give more than you receive, which I think is really hard yeah. for a lot of people to conceptualize and, and do. But it's so it's so powerful, so yeah. So that's and yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say yeah. Even outside of a a, a faith based idea, you know, my giving is very much faith based. It's very much you know this is what God has called me to do. Uh, but even outside of that, you know, just being generous with other people is a very uh, you know it's a very attractive quality. It's a very you know it's a very desirable quality. Being generous. And people will seek you out and they will, they will more likely be generous with you as well. Yeah. Um, especially if you, the key though, is to not do it expecting generosity in return. There That's you, the hard thing. Bingo. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you have to do it completely selflessly. Yeah. Which to. I, which is very difficult, but more often than not, when you give not expecting anything in return, you get more than you ex- more than you were even would have expected. Right. So that that's a very I think a key facet to it as well. Yeah, it's something to think a lot about. Like how do you how do you give more and more uh, of yourself to, and that sets it sets such such a good example for your kids. You know. So. Well, 
Yeah, and I think the the way that you're able to give more of yourself to other people is by having that help to yeah, bring it back true. around. Is yeah. to is to be able to draw strength from other people as well. Yep. Yep. Lean on each other. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, Sean is also, well, he was a podcaster. We, we were talking about that yeah. before the show. He doesn't have <laughs> yeah. a show right now, but he does do other stuff. And I want to give you yep. an opportunity to pimp your stuff here on the show. So tell people where they can reach you. Well, you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Cyrenex, S-E-A-R-A-N-E-X. Uh, I've been uh, thankfully, been able to take a little bit of time to do some streaming and such. I uh, try to stream Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights. Uh, not any particular game, just you know what I happen to feel like at that moment. I'm probably gonna actually go back into Halo soon, but nice. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's the primary thing. I do have a website, although it hasn't been updated in probably three years now because that's when my podcast ended. But I mean, if you if anyone feels willing to, the, I still have my podcast uh, up on the feeds. It's called Part-Time Gamers. Uh, but like I said, it hasn't been updated in like three years because, you know, that was, you know, two kids ago. Yeah. So, yeah, things got a little bit uh, busy and complicated since yeah. then. Yeah. Well, but I, I, I definitely look forward to hopefully getting back into podcasting once things you know, level out again. I was just going to say, I mean, it's never too late to jump back into it, you know? And, yeah. And you can hear Cyrenex, uh, you, you've been on some of my streams where you've had a uh, yeah. play when we played yeah, got, Phasmophobia and, and I got uh, locked into stuff. a house by you one time. Oh, it was great. Phasmophobia. I, I, There's I a clip somewhere around that. Gotten you killed. Uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, you will also be joining on Joystick and Mouse soon, so you can look forward to uh, seeing that yep. as we're, uh, as my coach Jay Dimes is going through some um some some educational stuff he's he's going back to yep. school for f- several weeks so yep. we're having a I'm, rotation of guests and you're going to be one of them so that'll be a lot of fun yep i'm i'm very glad for that opportunity as well and i hope i uh do you proud oh you'll do great you did great here and uh and again our guest has been sean white not that sean white the other sean white this sean white sean, i spell it correctly the, the, the right way to spell sean sean thank you for being here <laughs> do appreciate it and uh, thank you very much for the opportunity Big thanks to Sean White for being on the show and being a patron as well and supporting what we're doing here. I've been reflecting a lot on that conversation. I feel like it's so important for men especially to realize it's okay to ask for help. And that's something that we cover a lot here on this show and appreciate Sean's perspective about also not just asking for help, but giving help, being proactive about that. We should all be supportive of each other and really building up this community of parents And it starts with us just, it's one act of selflessness and showing love and support for each other. So again, Sean, thanks so much for being on the show today. Really appreciate it. And if you'd like to be like Sean and support what we're doing here at The Dad Chronicle, you can do so by heading over to supportadad.com. Find a level that works for you. Even $1 a month helps tremendously and you get some cool rewards for that. Again, head over to supportadad.com. If you'd like to comment on anything that we talked about today, you can do so by emailing thedadchroniclepodcast at gmail.com. Our website is thedadchronicle.com. You can find all of the contact information and more episodes around parenting and fatherhood there. So thanks again for listening. And remember, be good to yourself, be good to others. Take care. We'll see you next time. If you like this show, Check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.